0: seen further, it is by standing on the shoulders of giants. This sentence, written by Sir Isaac Newton in a letter to scientist Robert Hooke, is the epitome of humility. It is inspiring to know that one of the greatest thinkers to ever walk our earth had the awareness to recognize that scientific discoveries cannot and do not happen in isolation. I think of leadership in a similar manner, non-existent within a vacuum. It would be naive of anyone to assume that they can possess qualities like amicability patience, flexibility, dependability, and loyalty without interacting with and learning from others. My own success as a leader is a direct result of support from those around me. The very first lesson of leadership that I received was from my mother, who left her successful career as a television producer to be present in my childhood. It wouldn't be until years later that I truly understood what my mom walked away from in order to serve my family but she was the first of many giants to sacrifice a part of themselves to lift me up. In her newfound state of unemployment, my mom took up a volunteer position as the Parent Teacher Association or PTA president. I watched her collaborate with often difficult adults, be responsive to the needs of a community, and ultimately selflessly dedicate herself to my school district. As I look down from the heights, pun intended, that I have reached, I see her along with so many other relatives, educators, mentors and friends who have contributed like a beautiful mosaic to my development as a leader. Leadership is a tribute to those who have come before us, poured into us, taught us, believed in us and loved us. I encourage you to take time to think about the key players in your developmental journey as a leader. Thank them, honor them with your character and emulate them as you inspire others. When I consider Newton's metaphor, I imagine the giants more like a staircase. In other words, There are greats who have come before me and there are greats who will come after me." Antony Gaudi was an influential Catalan architect whose most famous work, La Sagrada Familia, is located in Barcelona, Spain. La Sagrada Familia is a cathedral that is famous not only for its stunning uniqueness, but also because its construction began in 1882 and it is still not finished. When Antony Gaudi took on the task of designing La Sagrada Familia, he likely knew he would never see it completed within his lifetime. Instead of denying the commission to work on the project, Gowdy worked diligently to ensure that his mark was being left for those coming after him. He is well known for his work, not because he finished it, but because he created a project that so many others have also had the opportunity to contribute to. Similarly, as a leader, I have the opportunity to serve as a giant in the journeys of others. We function as leaders by lifting up those around us. It is not a race to the top towards power, fame, wealth, or status, but rather a communal stride towards mutual care for each other. Leadership requires both inspiration from others and a motivation to be an inspiration for others. In my personal experience, my first and most prominent encounter with leading by first following was within my high school's yearbook club. Calling this venture a club may be a bit of a stretch considering it only consists of four members, two seniors and two juniors, but the exclusivity is what brought the high stakes and responsibilities. We existed as a secret society working under the radar in our designated basement space, which we referred to simply as the room. The room is one of the most beloved spaces within my high school, as every inch of its walls tells the stories of past generations. Each year the editors tangibly leave their mark in the room by painting a portion of the wall. It was easy to feel as though I was sitting in a seat once occupied by giants as I stared tirelessly at the decorated bricks, flipped through previous books, and heard the success stories of the editors who came before me. As a junior member, I was completely unfamiliar with making a yearbook, but more importantly, I was unfamiliar with nearly single-handedly running an organization. It was necessary that I humbled myself in order to learn. As a senior, I had the opportunity to train the next class of editors, who were forced to produce an incredible book while unable to meet in person. Although it was rewarding to create a book with my name on it, it was even more rewarding to watch the legacy that I contributed to thrive. As I painted my spot on the wall and hung up my senior portrait next to photos of extraordinary alumni, I realized my passion for being a part of a project bigger than myself. It is easy to get caught up in the busyness, stress, and occasional conflict that comes with the responsibility of being a leader. But it is important to remember that the cycle doesn't culminate with you. Once you take on the role of a leader, you have an obligation to graciously uplift those around you. Passion is absolutely necessary to be an inspiration for others, but it must be coupled with specific specific conscious decisions regarding how to lead. The Emerging Leader program has welcomed me into a family of students who are enthusiastic about their individual and collective development as leaders. And my facilitators are another tremendous example of giants who have shaped me as a leader. As I stepped into the role they once had as facilitators, I was eager to have the opportunity to affect others in the same brilliant ways that they affected me. But before I could effectively serve, it was crucial that I remembered two things. The first is that I could not expect myself to lead exactly like my facilitators did. My leadership style and philosophy are different from theirs and that is completely okay. In fact, genuineness is crucial in order to be influential and ultimately in order to be a leader. The second important reminder is that I could not expect to form the same relationship that I had with my facilitators with every member of the new class of Elpers. Forcing connections to mimic the ones that I had as an Elper only creates tension and a sense of fabrication. Learning from and then serving as giants still calls for authentic leadership and unique connections. They say it is not about the destination, rather the journey, but I believe that in the context of leadership, the destination is the journey. By serving for and with others, we are serving as leaders. It is when one stops collaborating that they stop being a leader. The Emerging Leader program uses a gerund or an ING ending to intentionally indicate the ongoing process of leadership. The truth is one can never fully emerge as a leader. Paradoxically, it is when you feel like you have achieved the pinnacle of your leadership journey and become complacent that you stray the farthest from being a leader. Leadership is about humility as displayed by Isaac Newton just as much as it is about being a motivation for others, like Anthony Gowdy. It is about a constant commitment to learn and grow, and it is also about sharing what you have learned to help others grow. Leadership does not require perfection, but it does require gratitude and dedication. As I look down from the shoulders of those who have influenced me, I cannot help but be excited as I consider the strength of my own shoulders and the integrity of those that they will uplift.
1: Thank you so much for tuning in to the EL Podcast. I am your host and I am the coordinator of the Emerging Leader Program this year. My name is Campbell Smith, class of 22 here at BC. And I'm joined by one of our fantastic facilitators for this year, Emily Murphy, class of 24. Emily, thanks for being with us today.
0: Thank you for having me, Campbell.
1: Thank you so much for sharing your leadership philosophy with us today, Emily. uh, You have such words of wisdom. And it really speaks volumes about your leadership and your guidance on this campus. So you begin your philosophy with a famous quote from Sir Isaac Newton about being supported by those who have come before you. Can you explain why this quote resonates with you so much?
0: Yeah, so this quote is definitely famous, but the first time I heard it was when I was studying the scientific revolution in my AP European history class in high school. Even as a sophomore, I was struck by Newton's ability to recognize his own successes without undermining the efforts of his precursors. Often when we study greats like Newton, we put them on pedestals and praise them for their accomplishments, but we forget that discoveries don't happen overnight and they don't happen individually either. Newton's quote humanizes him and emphasizes the importance of succeeding as a community. It is also interesting to note that my AP European history teacher would go on to be my yearbook advisor and mentor So this quote feels like a bit of a full circle moment for my own development as a leader.
1: Emily, you perfectly led into my second question for you, which I'm just a little bit curious about your experience with your high school yearbook. And um, can you kind of touch on specifically why it was important to take a step back and humble yourself as a junior member of that club before reaching kind of the apex as a senior
0: Yeah, of course. So the club places an emphasis on seniority. So there was already an intrinsic sense of hierarchy, but despite it being an honor to be offered a position in an extremely exclusive organization, I was completely unfamiliar with the editing software, photography and business aspects of like selling a product. So I was in no position to be assertive or conceited. It was the first time since my childhood that I had committed to working on a project that I knew like literally nothing about. So I also had to make a conscious effort to put away any and all pride to ask questions in order to ensure I was learning. I knew that I eventually would have to be responsible for the program and teaching others, and that would not be possible if I did not have an adequate understanding of the learning process. It was also really humbling to serve my school community. Um, I'm passionate about the concept of yearbooks because they are an opportunity to celebrate the beauty of a group of students. It was important for me to be reminded that the program and its successes are bigger than myself in so many ways. I'm so grateful that I have had the opportunity to contribute to an organization that was created before I was born and will continue to prosper beyond me. And I'm also grateful for being trusted with capturing moments that my peers will tangibly carry with them throughout their lives.
1: Well, thank you for sharing that, Emily. And also within your leadership philosophy, you do a fantastic job of teasing out the differences between being grateful for those leaders who came before you and exactly replicating to the T how those people lead and have led you. So in your own words, why to you is it essential to independently develop your own leadership style, knowing that it was likely affected very much by those who came before you.
0: Yeah, so I envision leadership as a mosaic because, like you said, we have all been greatly influenced by those who have come before us. It is important to develop our own identity as a leader by interacting with other leaders. For example, I really value how my facilitator, Ellie, led my small group with incredible empathy, and that is something that I strive to emulate in my own leadership. But empathy is not the only aspect of ellie's leadership and it's also not the only aspect of mine Mm. plus empathy looks different on everyone so it may be more authentic for me to display empathy in different ways than ellie does it is important that we as leaders are inspired by others to be the best versions of ourselves not better versions of them
1: Well, again, Emily, thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom with us. Uh, I know I've gotten quite a bit out of it, and I'm really glad that you can cement your legacy within the program and within the heights. So we want to transition and close out with one of my favorite segments on the show. It's got a long and storied history. This is the BC Hot Take. And my question for you today is, what is your favorite song associated with Boston College? we have a lot of songs that go along with our mythology as a university. So, uh, do you have a particular song that you just really rallied to?
0: Yeah, I probably would say for Boston, but specifically because, um, the class of 2024, the current sophomores never learned the words because, um, we didn't need to, there was no football last year. Um, so they didn't give us like the super fan, um, crash course on the words to for Boston. So it's kind of like a running joke with our class that we just, like, make up random words or, like, mumble through the song. <laughs> and it's, it's just an ongoing joke. Like, does anyone know the words to "For boston Like, does it have <laughs> words? What are the words? Um, so, yeah, that's just been a nice way for the class of 2024 to sort of make light of a lack of football last year.
1: I love it. Keeping the tradition alive in a very unique way. So, "For boston great answer. Can't go wrong with that classic anthem. Well, Emily, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and your leadership with all of us.
0: Yeah, of course. Thanks so much for having me.